You're listening to Since He Didn't Ask, where Matthew and Andrew tackle questions you might not be asking, but you might find helpful to answer. Questions about life answered through a biblical lens. Welcome to Since You Didn't Ask. I'm Matthew, and I'm here with Andrew. And Andrew, I think we've got uh, kind of a dicey one here. Um, and I am sure that there are dangerous things to this question. So how's that for an introduction? That's... Um, and probably more dangerous for me than for you, just because there is a kind of a, maybe a, some generational implications here. And most of our listeners would be closer to you. than. Doesn't that me. cut? Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, it kind of cuts both ways. Well, we'll see. So what is the question after that buildup? The question is, are younger generations today softer than previous generations? And if so... Is it because they are wiser or weaker? Okay. And it's kind of put in a provocative way. There's a lot of things that encompass that. Um, it even gets into the idea of, of what is what should a Christian's view of like work-life balance be? Okay. But uh, before you react, let me just define what I mean in asking the question by soft. That was my first question. Okay. <laughs> um, so I would describe... So, the question kind of assumes that younger generations are softer. And if you want to push back on that, then maybe we will um, go a completely different direction. But the assumption in the question is younger generations are softer in that um, there is l- a less willingness to work as many hours from a in the workplace. Okay. There is um, a generalization that younger people today are more easily offended than maybe similar genera- generations were at similar ages before. Okay. Um, maybe in general, um, that might include, um, this might, I don't, I don't have any data or anything to point to, but part of maybe that assumption would be is are, are younger generations today less emotionally stable than maybe previous generations at similar ages. Okay. Um, and Maybe the last part that I would put into that is our younger generations today, um, do they have as much of an ability to effectively work through obstacles and adversity as maybe previous generations did? Um, Interesting. Okay. uh, Is it? And you're, I'm assuming talking about American. Yeah. Let's, let's keep limiting. Yeah. um, You do this a lot on the questions. Uh, I mean, no, that's that's good. (laughs) No, I'm glad you do. Um, uh, I don't know enough worldwide to comment culturally. So yes, I think for the purposes of this discussion, let's talk about American culture. Okay. Primarily, although I would guess that there's are realities that would be consistent. In I think cultures. there's some carryover, but I also don't know enough to really comment on that. Okay. So I think maybe the first, the first part of the question is, um, fair, unfair, unknown to, to describe young, this, younger generations today in that way the way you defined it i would lean towards saying that is mostly fair mostly fair and and i only qualify with mostly because i yeah maybe not every dimension that you listed in every way but yeah i mean i think by and large most people would agree maybe maybe they would would uh argue whether soft is the a good word to describe it, but I think what you define it as, yeah, I think those are shifts that have occurred. Yeah, I've, um, 
That's a fair point too, that maybe the question is loaded in a certain way because the second part of the question is, is it, is it out of wisdom or, or is it out of weakness? Right. And that, soft has that negative connotation. So yeah. soft kind of implies yeah. out of weakness and yeah. it, it points in, but if, if you say it's wiser for the, for generations today to, um, function in that way or to be that way, then, um, then maybe you wouldn't and, use the word. Soft. And to tip my hand, my analysis of this is probably it's a shift in priorities. Okay. I, I don't know that it's uh, whether it's softer or harder or different or it, it, they have different priorities. I think that's, um, I think that's really fair. So to, to tip my hand, you know, one of the, the things driving this question for me is, um, that is, that becomes really apparent in my world. So especially looking at it just from in the workplace, mm -hmm. um, this is actually something that is is being talked about all over in the business world today that younger generations simply have less of a willingness to work than previous generations and there's actually a lot of a lot of data that supports that and pushes that and even in California I think we may have talked about this before there's a movement towards moving from a 40 hour week work week to a 32 hour work week mm -hmm. um, so even just talking about the the longer work hours um, I would say anecdotally, it feels that the, um, that people are more easily offended today than, than, mm -hmm. um, in previous generations. Um, some of the other things, um, I don't know as much, again, it would be more anecdotal. Uh, there does seem to be more, is it, are the emotional, um, challenges that younger people are working through today? Are, are they just more readily diagnosed and addressed? Whereas previous yeah. generations just ignored those things. Um, that's an especially complicated one, right? And Has so, the worldview shift affected it? Is the world just different? What is, yeah. uh, internet, social media, phone play into that? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's complicated on that one. Yeah. Um, and then you look at, you know, um, you know, when somebody refers to the greatest generation, do you know what they're referring to? The generation that fought world war two, world war two. Right. Yeah. So if you were to think about young people and their ability to like fight through obstacles and adversity and, and like, and you, and what you know historically about that generation and you think about today's generation certainly feels very different. Yeah. But even that's a chicken and the egg. They yeah. lived through the, the depression uh -huh. and then, and then went through the war that shaped who they were. Maybe, but so, but or were they just a different caliber and came at the right time. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, yes. I, I think I understand your point, but the, um, I'm not suggesting in the question that the DNA of people is different today than it was before, right. but I am suggesting that maybe that there are cultural changes that do result from circumstances Okay. Yeah. that shape how entire generations think, function, feel. Yeah. And so I, what they prioritize. Right. Yeah. And so you're coming, you're coming back to that as, as a priority issue. So maybe, um, a way to start this off. Um, and I think we should just warn this might be a big episode or even split into a couple. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but, um, what would you say are the priority shifts primarily? Ooh, I, that's, I don't know why that feels hard to answer off the top, but, um, okay. So let me, let me take a specific example and see if that maybe sheds any light on it. I was talking to someone recently who, um, was sort of 
they were um, they were in their fifties, so in the older generation, and they were frustrated with someone who who left their organization um, after only working there, I think, for for a year or so. And this person um, had the opportunity to participate in an Olympic team. And the organization said, you know, no, you can't have this leave to go do that. And they said, okay, no big deal. You know, I'm, I'm gone. I'm, and, uh, and the person I was speaking with was just saying, kind of amazed, like, like, why would they give up a career over this? Um, and so you ask about priorities and values and I hear that story and I actually think I kind of get it. I kind of get it. That person's looking at it thinking this is a once in a lifetime opportunity that I'll never get to repeat again. I can go find a, another job doing the same thing somewhere else. They were, they were really highly qualified for what they were doing. Um, so I, that feels like maybe it doesn't move the conversation forward that much, but, uh, what about a scenario where somebody says, um, uh, I, they're, they're a breadwinner for their family. Okay. And they say, I only am going to work 40 hours a week because I am going to prioritize the other, what is it? 128 hours of my week to be with my family and or sleep. Um, and so I'm prioritizing my family over work. And so I'm just going to draw a hard line. This is as much as I'm willing to work. And um, I guess I'll just leave it at that. Maybe it, and maybe because of that, it limits certain career opportunities and Definitely, they can get yeah. by financially, but there are significant limitations. I, I'm going to show my, my millennial, uh, nature right here. I, that doesn't seem totally crazy to me. It doesn't seem ideal, but it doesn't seem like, like that's an immediately poor decision. Yeah. Again, it's different priority. Uh, they're saying, yeah, I, the 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 benefits of the promotion and the the financial or whatever other benefits, security benefits. Would uh, you would you advise somebody if they were offered, um, let's say, eight weeks of vacation to do a job that they um, were okay with, they didn't hate, but they didn't really like, versus doing another job that they got two weeks of vacation, but was something they could do really well and they enjoyed more i would probably always recommend doing the one you enjoy and love i wonder if most people would and maybe i'm not even front maybe i'm not that's really questions. interesting to me okay yeah yeah i'm just wondering i don't know yeah. but i i feel like there is such a high priority on that and we were talking a little bit before we started recording i know somebody who uh, was shaping their job choice on what they were going to do with their career around the idea that um the, 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 the current job they were in was going to provide three months of paid paternity leave. And they said, I have to have this three months of mm. paid paternity leave, even though they hate the job, but that leave was so important. And if they made a change, they wouldn't have that leave. And it was what was compelling to me or what was interesting to me was the have to nature of it. That is interesting. Um, and um, that would be somebody of, a, of, of the younger yeah. generation. Yeah. Yeah, I, as a believer, at least, I think whether it's in the workplace or serving um, somewhere with your church family or something, I think I think the the heart attitude we want to cultivate is one that wants to work hard, wants to sacrifice, um, wants to bless people through the work that we do, um, and I do think we have principles in Scripture that that we care for our family, we love them, we I, so I. I 
I, this one feels especially complex because I would look at a lot of the work culture and say it's overgrown and needs to be cut back because uh, the the prevailing culture for so long, especially in more like executive type roles, is that we own you, you work, you know, all the time. And I, yeah. So before I start trying to unpack this <laughs> from my side, uh, um, uh, would you view a difference between a farmer who owned his own farm in Nebraska today in 2022 and worked 12 hour days working his farm? Um, would you put him in a different category of his working 12 hour days compared to somebody on Wall Street who's working 12 hour days managing investments um, and uh, absolutely hedge funds. absolutely okay and what is the, what is the difference I don't know if I have a great it just <laughs> out of my gut it's different yeah. I think there's like a greater sense of autonomy for the farmer what if the person if the kid breaks their arm and they need to stop and go help them that's a bad example but they, they can do that um, they have autonomy. The hedge fund manager is owns their own owns their own business. It's all their own thing. They're not working for anybody else, but they they manage these these funds so, for other people. So that seems less different when you frame it in those terms. Still different though, just in the sense that the the um, the pace of the the pace of um, what do you call those? Like the return time that you need for the, a financial type job is often more of a constant uh, monitoring. Whereas a farming type job, it, it, you can, um, yeah, I need, I need words to go with that, but. You think that there, there's, there's a little more, um, flex flexibility in the, in the farming time. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, I understand that, you know, there's a lot of hard, hard stops with agra agrarian type stuff where, you know, you have to milk the cows every day or whatever. Right. But, um, I was, I was actually angling more towards like, is there a, um, is there a difference between them because of the tangible result of each one? Like there's a farmer is actually oh, I see. creating some type of real value for themselves and for society. Whereas a hedge fund manager, the argument could be they're simply moving wealth from one place to another. I mean, I, I don't see a difference there because of the way I think about economics and stuff. And I see value in, in right. for society and what the, the financial guy's doing. Um, yeah, I don't see a huge split there. Yeah. I don't necessarily either, but I, I just, I know a I lot wonder, of people might, I wonder might if people would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would you do with, um, even you go all the way to Genesis and God created the world in six days and on the seventh day he rested and his model is essentially that um, we work for six days, we rest for one. Our model is we work for five, rest for two. Um, my expectation would be if we look over world history that those days of working probably weren't eight-hour days. That's an interesting way that you phrase that where I might push on. Right. You, The way you're defining work is basically the category of generating income. I don't know that I would put the six days of Genesis all into that bucket. I don't know that I would disagree with you on that, but okay, okay. flush that out. No, because, just- uh, I think that's just, a fair point. I think um, just to take like the American five days, two off. I mean, let's just like imagine a world where someone was like, okay, that sixth day, um, I'm gonna make a point to, I don't know, cook meals for families in my, 
church family and bring it to them. In my mind, that's a work day. Yeah. I uh, so I, I guess maybe some of the priority shift in the younger generation, it might not be, I think it usually is, but it might not, it doesn't necessarily have to be, I want to not put in more than 40 hours because I want to have vacation. You're really assuming the best about your generation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> let's go with believers. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to draw limits on, on this area such that I can pour out work in other areas or other ways. Yeah. I that feels reasonable to me. Totally agree with you. Okay. I would just suspect that that's probably not the case in most younger generations. Oh, well, that might be an issue then. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, not, not to um, over-personalize this, but how many days a week do you think that I work? I, depends how you define work. <laughs> right, that, that's my point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, that, and so I would, I would agree with you. Um, but my guess is that, and what my experience is that people are prioritizing leisure over work. And so even if we define work as income generating and or let's just say ministry, yeah, let's say uh, service, um, whatever it might be. Output to bless other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think when, when I, what I observe, um, even amongst Christians, um, I think there's, there is in younger generations, there is a significantly greater prioritization on leisure, leisure being time with family, time that's unscheduled, time that's not committed to doing any type of production for whatever, whatever reason it would be, that there's a greater value placed on that than, than there has been. I think there is a greater value. And I think that's at least in part precipitated by culturally the emphasis for the last I don't know, 20, 30 years or more on output and, and that your worth is measured in your output and that your faithfulness even is measured in your output over time. Um, so you're arguing that, that there is um, an unhealthy measurement of someone's life based on, on these output measurements. In the general society at large, I think that has been true. That's definitely shifting, shifted. Um, so you would say in older generations, that was an unhealthy through, thing through the eighties, nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Now with At four least. the, what about for the Christian? Yeah. And th that's where it gets a little more complicated. I don't, I, you can speak to it better than I have. Cause you've been in the role you've been in, I think with the company. So you've kind of seen over time. Um, but yeah. What do you mean with the Christian? Like. Yeah, I, um, and and I'm I'm making this up as I go. Um, these are these are are hard questions, yeah. um, in the sense that um, obviously, when it comes to choice between work, however you define it, and family, there is within a biblical worldview a high emphasis on on family. Um, I am a little bit concerned. Um, within the context of the Christian family, and especially in America, that there is what, and this might take us into a little bit of a different subject, <laughs> that the, the idolization of the family, yep. that the, the family um, in a lot of Christian dynamics becomes the highest point. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think that's healthy nor biblical. I agree. Um, 
And, um, and I do think that there is this pervasive culture at large that is valuing leisure more than work and that it, it, um, it does infect even Christians in their perceptions of the world and what they should and shouldn't do in ways that they don't even necessarily realize. I agree with that too. Um, and so I would push back, I would agree with you in pushing back on saying our lives shouldn't be measured by output to a certain degree, but we are giving an account for how we spend every minute of our lives. Fair. And um, I, I think within that context that as you read the Bible and you look at both Old and New Testament passages, there is inherently an assumption that the Christian life is marked by things like diligence and hard work and commitment, um, that there is an appropriate place for rest, but that it falls into an appropriate realm. But I would also argue, and Andrew's like itching to say something, but I would say like, I think related in, in kind of a weird way that the Bible assumes things like forbearance, which has um, this, this concept of not being offended easily, of um, that we, we have higher priorities and, and they, they don't affect us and, and that we're going to work through obstacles towards, I mean, you, you, read, you, you read Paul and yeah. you know, run the race and beat his body. I mean, like they, this well, and is- Rather be wronged. Yeah, that phrase in right. First Corinthians. But yeah. all, all of these things that you see that there's just like, Paul, I think that when the apostle Paul got to the end of his life, he was fully spent in every way. I um, completely agree with you. I'm not convinced that today, younger generation sees things necessarily in that way. That could, that very well might be. That very well could be. Um, I would push back and say that in the same way that the culture has influenced the younger generation towards the the um, too much leisure maybe, I think the culture influenced maybe the, the previous generations to equate the diligence that Paul talks about with their career activities in a way that I don't see the Bible equating it with. I'm not saying that it doesn't apply but not in an equative sense. So, yeah, and we're not necessarily, unfortunately, we're not disagreeing that much. Um, you know, some people have labeled um, the decade of the 80s as the decade of greed. And um, let's assume for a minute that it was. Um, and the 90s and the 2000s. Um, <laughs> no, go on. Well, specifically, that, like the, dec- the yeah, 80s. Yeah, no, I, are, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, what... Um, and so I think what you're getting at is that for the believer who's chasing their career because they just want to make the next dollar, um, and ultimately that's the measurement and, and you're translating Christian diligence into that, totally agree, not a healthy perspective. And I would even put a further barb on that. Not even that they're consciously chasing the next dollar, but that they're consciously chasing that I'm going to be the hard worker and it becomes a, an ego thing that I think a lot of us have. And then, and then it, it precludes the possibility that you might put less of your time towards that job, not be as well considered in that job, but give those hours to caring for the poor and orphans and widows and whatever else James talks about. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, 
but it's kind of like I, I, what I'm hearing a little bit uh, is um, the Bible says that we should be humble. So I want to be the humblest person in the world. Um, in other words, if you're striving to be the humblest person in the world, you're not going to be the humblest person in the world. Okay. Um, there is a call for us to be diligent in our work. And I do think it is appropriate and right for Christians to be the hardest workers in the workplace. I would agree. Just not for their own ego. They are doing I would that agree. Because they're to doing please to, the Lord. To, whether, you know, whatever you do, do it to the glory of, right. of God. So I, I, the, the function of working hard, of being diligent, and it isn't in and of itself a wrong thing that you're saying. It's the motivation to do that can get. Right. And I think the the, the danger is the you assume the natural cultural paths and things that people do, and it precludes you from certain other paths that might be really beneficial and good. And I think that cuts to both generations, both generations every generation is prone to fall into the cultural pattern of life that it, I mean, that's what I think Romans 12 partially is talking about that we're, we're world's trying to conform us to its image and that can, that can just cut off certain expressions of godliness. Yeah. I think to the effect that that affects, to the extent that that affects the heart, that that's true. Um, what makes that hard. And uh, I was kind of saying to you before we started recording, um, is there a degree then to which we're saying that only just now in the history of the world in the <laughs> last like decade, have we kind of figured this out? And for the previous 6,000 years, um, where work days probably were six or seven days a week and were probably more like 12 or 14 hour days for all of human history. And, um, you know, we're, we're, all generations for 6,000 years harmed because of that type of an approach, or are we just blessed finally now after all this time that we don't have to do that anymore? I was going to, so my gut feels like it's impossible that we have more wisdom now or have arrived at some, you know, that feels like that's not the answer. Um, a possible explanation, but I don't necessarily buy into this, but um, you could say in the same way that, no other generation could fly on an airplane. No other generation could, um, you know, have hot water in every home. Or we, we have many examples of things that for thousands of years have been completely inaccessible to everyone except royalty that are in every home almost in America. Um, so, yeah, is it possible that now we have working conditions that are better or able to be better? There's an affluence of such level. I, yeah, yeah I, that's that's possible. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think where this would boil down to and what I guess I'd like to try to conclude on this, and I'm not trying saying we have to end it here, but um, maybe I can I can kind of throw out a little bit of a thesis and let you respond. Um, we live in a world today where the environment and the culture is definitionally different in recent decades than it has ever been in history, both good and bad. And part of the bad is the inundation of information and people. Uh, we talked about this in another episode of, of just the number of people you have to juggle in your life. Um, the, I don't want to put everything on the role of social media, but it does connect you to more people. Um, you're connected more because of the cell phone you carry around and texting and, um, uh, you zoom meetings and, um, 
you know, a whole list of things stretch humans further than they've ever been stretched before in various ways. And so I think that there's a reality that that does put a, take a certain toll, both physically, emotionally, and in every way out of humans that previous generations didn't have to deal with. So I would, hmm. I would acknowledge all of that. And so that does change dynamics to a certain degree. Um, however, I do think on the, on the other side that there is a softening of our resilience and mm -hmm. just what we're actually willing to do from a work standpoint and an effort standpoint. Um, that shapes us a little bit. I think that there is this tendency towards maybe an idolization of the family that we brought up that where family is put in an unhealthy priority order. And this is coming from somebody who I acknowledge and you know we should, and I know you agree, we should, our families are very, very important, but there is still priority to, to put to that. Um, and so putting that all together, um, I would just land at a place where I would say, I think younger generations today should have an awareness of how the culture infects their thinking about how they spend their energy, their efforts, their abilities, how they spend themselves. The culture, uh, uh, this isn't the right way to say it, but dumbs it down. It, it lowers the standard and, and we are inclined to think that we are capable sounds like in a human standpoint, more capable of less than we really are. I think God has designed us to mm -hmm. do more than we, than what the culture tells us that we can do while at the same time aware of the realities of culture in the world today that do probably drain us in ways that previous generations didn't while still noting the previous generations probably were, had certain Went adrenaline rushes working through, like, can we survive the winter? Yeah. And if I don't do this, we're not going to be alive but that most people in America, at least today, aren't, aren't thinking through. But still, there's, there are other things that, that put a burden on, on humans today. So understanding all of that and really coming at life in general, I, this is what my encouragement to, to younger generations would be, God, I want you to use my life and I don't want it to be skewed towards leisure. I don't wanna, when, I give, when I'm giving an account of my life, I don't want to be giving an account about how I was able to carve out the most possible leisure time. I want it to be set, spent in, in ways that honor you, which is me being diligent in the workplace and in other settings, whether it be church ministry, okay. serving, whatever it is. Uh, I wanna be spent in that way, but I also want to be faithful in caring for my family to in, in, in what you've given to me. And I wanna make sure that I am wise in how I mm -hmm. appropriately apply rest. And I do, leisure is not a sin, it's just, where does it fit into the overall mm -hmm. equation? And, um, and I guess circling all the way back and then I'll let you respond. Um, I think as we think through those things, my challenge to younger generations is to be aware that culture might be infecting the way that you're processing through those questions hmm. in a way that's different than 6,000 years worth of history has, has gone hmm. through. And if we say that how we are today is, is how life has to be, then we're saying it wasn't possible for fulfilling godly hmm. lives to have been lived for 6,000 years before. That's a, that's a great warning reminder. I don't know the right word for it, but yeah, yeah I don't, I don't want to condemn the, I mean, I yeah. obviously I, I spent yeah. my life around yeah. younger generations and I, and I should say for those listening, um, I think in, in my sphere, I think overwhelmingly 
um, the people that um, I interact with, you know, in our church and in our, our young adults ministry, they go against the grain of what culture mostly does. I think I see a lot of people that do not fit the description of what I'm saying, but I'm also comparing that to what I see in the world at large and what I see in the workplace. And yeah. so I'm, um, I'm just uh, wanting maybe my, yeah, that's, it's just a, a be aware of how, how the world and the culture infects our, your thinking in ways that maybe you're not aware, especially when it comes to work ethic and things like that. It's interesting. I feel like if I was to summarize kind of my spin on the same thing, we're, we're saying really similar things. I would almost, I would from the same angle say, okay, specifically on the work hours thing and how we think about work um, and maybe kind of the, the, um, I guess you could call it the American dream idea and that maybe we need to, to be thoughtful about how the culture is shaping us in that direction. Yeah, but then I would totally match up with you on the, um, you know, Paul's I, talking about himself here, but he's, he says at one point, um, we're willing to spend and be spent for your souls. And I think the, the call to Christians, especially, um, you know, this podcast for mainly the anchored group, especially for Christian young men, find a place to work and a, and a, and a wife and a family and a church family that you can go die for like over 50 years. I mean, I, yeah. I was just yeah. talking to your dad in the elevator before I came up here and I, he came to mind, like, like he, he's been in, in one place with one family, with one church and just year after year, after year, after year. Um, and, and so, yeah, any pushback I give on the work hours thing or the kind of how to think through that isn't for the sake of, um, yeah, retiring in the Caribbean early. Like this is about finding ways that you can build and shape and care for people in your life and pour into them and bless them. And like you said, rest is a part of that and God given and beautiful. And we're looking towards an ultimate rest with the Lord, but, um, for now it's works yeah. something we should strive to do. Yeah. And I guess, um, one add on, I, I know we were kind of winding it down, but I think it's important to say there are some people who are wired that are already overworking, overspending and not caring for themselves nor their family. And one, I don't want to be guilting anybody on that. Like, okay, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing this, like I should be doing more and more and more. And unfortunately, people who are wired that way are, might hear this conversation. I and, think they and, hear that a lot. And, yeah. And respond in that way. And that's not the message at all. Um, and so there needs to be, um, just as much as we, we want to be aware of how we're infected about how we think about work. We want, we want to be, I was going to say wise, but, uh, or I was gonna say smart, but we want to be wise. We, we want to think through, be intentional about rest. Um, it's just, we want to think about it as, as to what is wise. And when, when I, when I look at the painting of my life at the end, what do I want it to look like? Like what, how much, how much rest and leisure colors do I want in that painting versus, you know, the bright, bold strokes that are, are the things that might matter in, in, in other ways. That's a good illustration. Just made that up. That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, should we wrap it up there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening if you've made it this far and we will uh, see you on the next one.